I want to be remembered as a husband and a father that led his family down a path that was honoring to God. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the HC Medium Talk podcast. Thanks for joining in today. I'm your host, Isaiah Gearlings, and joined with me is Evan Dealman. Mr. Mr. Dealman. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, I will respectfully call you Mr. Dealman. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. It's Friday afternoon. It's a sunny day, and it's going to be a good weekend. I can already feel it. Yeah. You nervous to be on here? Probably more than I realized yesterday when I was looking through some of the potential <laughs> questions. I um I didn't do theater. I didn't do any of these like theatrical things in high school. I always just was in a group, so it was like I could kind of blend in. So now this is like the spotlight, so it feels a little, a little bit intimidating. But hey, we'll go for it. Yeah, you'll do fine. <laughs> um, before we answer or before we start some questions, do you want to introduce yourself? Oh yeah, that's probably a good idea. Um, so uh, yeah, no. So my name's Evan Dealman, uh, Mr. Dealman. I'm a high school and middle school math teacher for one class. So I teach the advanced uh, eighth grade class at the middle school, and then I teach the junior math course, integrated math three, um, and then the uh, fundamental integrated math three courses here at the high school. But grew up here, went here. Uh, I've lived in Holland Zealand area for a while, and this is my second year teaching at Holland Christian. So. It uh, doesn't really feel like a second year because of what this last year was like, but yeah, it's good to be back. So, Let's just start out with a super simple, easy question. Tell us a little bit about your faith journey and, then, and why are you a follower of Jesus? So it's going to sound like one of those typical question or answers you'd probably hear in um, the area, but it, 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 I mean, it ultimately, like my, the, the fact that I have a faith and the fact that I do believe in Jesus all stems from the fact that that was the family I was raised in, you know. That's ultimately where it started, came from. Eventually, it, it evolved to a point where, you know, there were mission trips or there were like youth group retreats or all those fun things that, you know, a lot of kids and a lot of people can point to and say, that was a really spiritual high moment for me. But I honestly would say, the the biggest thing that led me to really feel like oh like god is real and this is something that he's a person that i need to rely on and trust in and communicate with and be in relationship every day was really when i was making it to college and college for a number of reasons felt like a pretty lonely time um, which i feel like could resonate with some people but also totally like you don't you wouldn't expect college to be a lonely time because you're like oh i'm around friends and stuff all the time and you're literally surrounded by people all day in college my then girlfriend current wife she was in lesotho for about 11 months over the cross of two years and she was my best friend the person i like always talked to and i i had close friends but not people that I necessarily relied on and like confided in. So it was this time of feeling so alone and and also struggling with things through school and work. And it just got me to this really like this point of feeling like spiritually barren and dry. It just came to a point where it's like, wow, like I am living my life without really living into and at least like without trying to ultimately honor and glorify like Jesus. And it's, and it came to this point of like, oh, I, I really, like, I believe in Jesus. I've never questioned the existence of God. I've never questioned the resurrection. That, that wasn't really ever a piece of it. I never went down that road, but it came to a point where I was like, I'm not doing a ton, you know? And not to say that works are what gets you to heaven, but like, I, I just felt like, wow, I'm not, I'm not getting to know Christ. I'm not in the word. I'm not like, I don't know any, any more about who Jesus is than when I was learning about him in, uh, in high school, in Bible class. So 
it, it came to this point of like, uh, one, I have to rely on him each day. It's by the spirit of God that I wake up every morning and that I have words to speak and I have thoughts to think and I have, you know, I'm able to make it through the day. But yeah, it was also this thing of like, there's this incredible book, literally the word of God. And I took this class my senior year in college about called Christology. But this whole idea of like, this is literally like the word of God. Like this is such a special text that we get the privilege to read. So that's kind of been my journey these last couple of years is I've been trying to dig more into the word because that's ultimately um, a really, really easy way to get to connect with God and and also just through prayer, like learning how to pray. Sounds sounds funny, you know, like, but I, I grew up with like hearing my dad pray and being like, oh, he can pray so well. Like, but then getting to this revelation of like, it doesn't matter how it sounds. It's just like the fact that you are in, you're having a conversation with God and and that it's not this one way thing either of like, you only go to God when you need something or you only go to God when you're struggling. Like, you go to him when you've got really good things to give thanks for. So it's, Sometimes it feels like an, an underwhelming faith walk sometimes, I'd say, you know, and I know that a lot of people would um, would instantly, you know, stop me there and say, no, 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 like each person's faith walk is very individual thing and it's going to be very unique to each person. And so it doesn't undermine your experiences and your journey in that. So, um, but yeah, no, it's certainly not done, of course, right? You know, we take each day at a time, but... Isaiah, you'll learn something soon about me. I'm not very concise with answers, so <laughs> we will uh, we'll work on that. But That's anyways, fine. you talked about when you were younger, looking up to your dad, and when with prayer, and how you said that he was able to pray so easily. How have your parents affected your faith walk, and how have they how have they led you? walked beside you in 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 a faith journey like yours you know i think it really stems from the tone they set the minute they started sending us to christian school that was a choice and for many people that's a choice that unfortunately is not one they can make just for financial reasons you know and we were privileged enough where it was not a question it was no our kids are going to go to a christian school because we value that approach to education where you can bring Christ in the Bible and God into all disciplines into each class and that is something to really cherish and so that early on of course you know and throughout my whole life has really left an impact in an indirect way right you know they weren't necessarily personally teaching me in my classes at Christian schools right it's it's, it's these incredible teachers in this school system but that was a choice that they made and a probably a pretty tough one like that they sacrificed things for that so and then i'd say another way it's it's been really allowing me to take ownership of my own faith because i think it could be easy to say all right we're all going to do this we're all going to you're going to do this you're going to read this devotional you're going to do but allowing me opportunities to 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 figure that out myself and to sort through that myself and to of course they had those gentle nudges along the way but i think that that's one thing i really appreciated about my faith walk growing up was that my parents very they made it very clear that your faith is your faith and that is something that you know you ultimately get to to navigate through and we're here to help you but of course you know it's your faith so yeah no 
very, very grateful to them that I'm here because I probably wouldn't be teaching here if I hadn't gone through uh, Zealand Christian and Holland Christian schools. So, you must you must have also gotten your teaching abilities from your mother too. <laughs> I wondered if that would come up. <laughs> yeah, teaching runs in the family. Isaiah, did you have her? I did not, but um, my sister Sarah, who was an eighth grader at Zealand Christian, had her when she was in preschool. Got it. So yeah, so my mom's been teaching preschool at uh, Zealand Christian for probably over yeah over twenty years now. I never had her, which she's probably thankful for. Although I was, a, I was just a quiet little kid. I just minded my own business. But um, yeah, I know. So it's it's funny you ask that because that's you know that's one of those things that I considered. I'm like, you know, I'm a teacher. Like I'm sure like this will come up. Like how did I become a teacher? Like it, yes, it stems from my family. So my mom's a teacher. She actually uh, taught middle school math for uh, a couple of years before she became a preschool teacher. And my grandpa, so her dad, taught English in Hudsonville for number like for many many years. And my uncle Brian Lemon taught me uh, when I was in high school. Uh, so it was yes, it's in the family. And I remember specifically when I was trying to figure out what do I want to do when I grow like what do I want to be when I grow up. Um, but more specifically in high school, like where do I want, what, what school do I want to go to? I ultimately chose Kelvin because of the career that I um, chose. And I'll tell you, Isaiah, I did not want to be a teacher right away. <laughs> I said, nope, I'm not going to be a teacher. My mom was a teacher. My uncle's a teacher. My, gra- my grandpa was a teacher. Um, I want to I want to do something different. And so I was originally like sports management. I love sports. I love the managerial side of things, like the transactions, the behind the scenes, the financial situations. And um, so I thought that'd be cool. And then I thought, uh, maybe youth pastor. Like I kind of went totally like a 180, like a different different region. I'm like, I, I love, I would love to work with kids. I think I stopped denying the fact that I felt like I had a gift or at least a passion um, for helping my classmates specifically in math class. Um, and I had a passion and a determination to try to make math class a little bit better for people that dread it every day, that walk through the doors of a math classroom and feel like automatically defeated. So it was a little bit of like a, you know, this is a vote, like you hear a lot, vocation, your passion. Like if you, if you find a job that you love, you'll, you'll never work another day. And I, you know, I always thought that was a cheesy quote, but quite honestly, I, I sometimes forget that this is my job. So yeah, ran in the family, denied it for a bit, and then I kind of came to grips and I um, faced the reality that I was meant to be a teacher, um, specifically a math teacher. So there you go. That's <laughs> The Nealman name is a pretty high name to live up to in the teacher world. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. My wife's uh, about to enter into that realm. So we'll have a Mr. Dealman and a Mrs. Dealman teaching here. Well, there will be two Mrs. Dealmans teaching in the area, hopefully soon. There you go. So, um, You had talked about um, when you were deciding about when you, whether you wanted to go that teacher route or the youth route or the sports managerial part, or the management, I'm sorry, um, I was privately debating if we wanted to get into sports because I know that sports is a very hot topic <laughs> and I think we're going to go down that route. So um, right. I have to ask first, how how in the, your right mind can you support the Michigan Wolverines when you could obviously go ahead and root for the greatest Michigan sports team ever, the Michigan State Spartans? <sighs> I'm so disappointed in you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it stems from family. And, you know, I think that that, like, 
I could turn the question and be like, how could you root for <laughs> the Michigan State Spartans, that terrible green color? <laughs> like, no. Yeah, I was. I grew up, my, my dad was a Michigan fan, and that's how I grew up. And I, lo- I learned to love Michigan and strongly dislike Michigan State. Now, will I, if Michigan State makes it into March Madness on Sunday, will I probably have them winning a couple rounds? Probably, because Tom Izzo is a pretty great coach. My allegiance lies with the Wolverines, so... Maybe one day I can I can get you to switch over, but probably never, not. Never. Never. <laughs> Don't even try Gearlings. Uh, I'll try not to. What advice um, would you give to high school dealmen? I was actually just talking to uh, Mr. DeBoer and Mr. Russ on Main Street about this not too long ago because uh, Mr. DeBoer and I were friends in high school. We graduated together, so we were reminiscing on the times in high school. And I, I always look back at my time in high school, and the way I summed it up was stressed. Socially, right, social anxiety, um, academic anxiety, maybe even a little bit of spiritual anxiety, right? And I'm sure I sound like a broken record. I'm sure there are a lot of kids that have similar experiences. And while a lot of it was out of my control, a lot of it too was I placed my letter grade as this end all be all like if I could just finish with this GPA like I'll be set for life come to find out it didn't matter what my high school GPA was that I mean it was a great number and I pushed myself and I motivated myself and that got me to the point of having the work ethic that I do but ultimately a letter grade is just a letter and I think if the roles were reversed you know if I were if I struggled tremendously in math class instead of math class being a bit easier I could quickly see how that would have controlled my time in high school a whole lot more and so I'd say my advice to high school Evan would be to focus on the things a little bit outside of your schoolwork so a bit more Um, it's important I'm a teacher right I I will tell you day in and day out it is important to make sure you 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 do the work you're being asked to do and you do it to the best of your ability Um, but I think that I I allowed that to control my time a little bit too much and then there's a social piece of it too oh who has a crush on me or (laughs) I have a crush on this person and uh I don't think they like me back. You know, that, that, that ruined so many weekends and so many nights for me uh, as I sat defeated feeling like, oh, like social, or thinking about my friends or my friend group or just, oh, to be that person, you know, with those friends and the, that relationship status. I think I put too much pressure on myself socially to be in a certain position um, instead of just being myself. Um, so I feel like high school dealman, high school Evan was very much so the per like that, that person, you know, led me to who I am now, but I feel like such a different person from when, I, from when I was then. And I, I even feel different walking through these halls now, um, compared to how I was in high school. So, yeah, I think it's, I think the biggest suggestion is that, and I like to preach this on day one, I, you probably don't remember this, but in my little introduction, um, course info I say you are not your grade it is simply a letter a number that reflected how you did on a quiz (laughs) or a culmination of quizzes and that does not reflect who you are as a person who you are in light of God right you are in 
we are all created in his image and your letter grade in math class does not determine that <laughs> it does not determine your worth um so i would definitely say to be able to not be quite so hard on myself academically socially to kind of live into who i was then and to well, to be okay with that i'd say so I want to point out um, to the listeners that um, Mr. Dealman is not the oldest teacher in this building. I want to give a little bit of context. Mr. Dealman, when he was in eighth grade, and this is the difference between our ages, when he was in eighth grade, I was in first grade. So we are about a difference of eight years in age, and that's that's pretty cool. I was I got to go to the I was in the same building with with a, with my math teacher, who I'm sitting with right now. So that's that's pretty cool. It. it um did that ever make you scared a little bit? Like, wow, this guy's teaching me. <laughs> we are in the same yearbook. Yeah, I don't. No, it doesn't make me scared at all. And I and I um I I told this funny story is when we were um did a three week period of online school. I found I went in oh, went yeah. in my closet. I found my old yearbook. I showed everyone in our Zoom class, Mr. Dealman, eighth grade Dealman, with his long long hair, Bieber, Justin Bieber style hair. <laughs> <laughs> I guess those were the times. Middle school was a prime time. Let me tell you, it was. Hey, I I had the fat. I mean, that, that was the I was the hairstyle at the time. It, <laughs> I guess so. It was short lived, but it was yeah. That <laughs> I remember. I had to share that with my other classes because hey, I found it pretty humorous. Too. That was pretty funny. It, 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 and I also was very surprised. Um, it also made me feel young again. Um, I mean, I am young, but younger than I actually am when I was like well, I was in the same yearbook as a lot of my, st- <laughs> my <laughs> students. So, yep. Yeah. That's the reality, but hey, it's working out. So. I know. All right. Um, before we continue on with the conversation, let's take a word from our sponsor, Skipper's Construction. Skipper's Construction focuses on exceptional use of space and budget as a design and build your dream. Working closely with their customers, they strive to create a home that exceeds expectations. Whether it's a new construction or a renovation, Skipper's Construction will work with you to design, build, or renovate your space. Welcome back. Thank you for Skipper's Construction for sponsoring this episode. Mr. Dealman, can you think of something, and I don't want to sound really mean right now, but can you think of something that you failed at? (laughs) And what did you learn from that experience? You know, my mind always jumps to, and yes, this isn't going to surprise you, but it was a math test I took in college. Uh, It was a very humbling experience, let me tell you. And if you asked Mr. Lemon about this course, we both had to take this course at Kelvin. Uh, Years apart, but still a difficult course. I went into, this was my, oh, what was it? Second semester or no, first semester of my junior year at Kelvin. And it's called Abstract Algebra. So to put it in perspective, it felt like it had nothing to do with algebra (laughs) because, you know, that word algebra, I I mentioned a lot in class, like, oh, this is algebra. All right. This is our basic algebra we're reviewing again. And it was all proofs. And I always channel this feeling when I think about how my students are doing when I'm teaching proofs in class because I felt helpless. (laughs) I felt like I didn't understand this. So the only route I could go was memorizing. And I don't have the memory like a Mr. Mustard. You know, I don't have that gift of a of a photographic memory. So the first test of that semester, I believe I got a this was virtually failing in college. It was a I think a 66 or 67 percent. Yeah, it shocked me quite a bit. Uh, and I thought I'd do better on the next one. And I got a 68 percent on the next test. So 
it was a rocky, a very rocky experience. And, I, and for me, I consider that, I considered that a failure, right? I considered that failure based on the standards I was holding myself to. And um, the way I dealt with it was saying, well, I did the best I could and that has to be okay. And I think that was part of a little bit of where some of my wrestling with my faith walk came in was like, I, I honestly would, I remember telling myself this before each of my tests, like, Jesus loves you and sees you exactly the same before this test and after the test, regardless of the grade <laughs> you get. I kid you not, I would tell myself that in my head and it allowed me to be calm because very quickly anxiety and stress can consume you and you can do even worse on that assessment if you let that happen. So yeah, it was a, it was a moment where I had to make a decision. What do I value? Do I value doing my best and working hard, even though this isn't easy or do I value, or do I let that kind of control me and, and, so, you know, I probably would have done things differently. Um, I was too ashamed to go talk to my professor and get help from my professor because I felt like I'd be exposed and I would know nothing and he'd be disappointed and uh, mad or whatever. And I'm sure that was completely the opposite of how he would have reacted. Um, but of course, that's the narrative I told myself. And yeah, so there's many things I would have done differently. I reflect back on that a lot and I, I, I keep thinking about it a lot too when I think about some of my kids and how they must be feeling in class. Like, oh, I know how they feel. <laughs> like, I remember how they feel even though they probably don't think I know because I'm, oh, I'm, I'm just the math teacher. Of course I know all the math. I, I never, nope, <laughs> I struggled in math quite a bit in college. So it, um, yeah, that was a more recent failure <laughs> <laughs> that uh, definitely still occupies a space in my mind, so. I know that can be such a condescending question. I like those kinds of questions. <laughs> I mean, those are the types of questions that you're trained in college. They're like, oh, expect this kind of question in an interview. So explain a time you failed and how you, how you overcame mm -hmm. that. And a lot of times it's like, I don't know, I kind of fumbled through it and, <laughs> and made the most of it, right? Yeah. You know, um, not everybody can say I had this triumph, triumphal, triumphant, sorry, triumphant story of failed this, I failed at this, and I came back strongest I've ever been. Yeah. Right? Sometimes you just you make you make do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What are some bucket list items that you've got mm. that you want to do before you kick the bucket? Fun fact, I never knew that that was a reference. I always thought a bucket list was just the fun name. I didn't know that kicking the bucket meant. Oh, really? Yeah, so that was huh. That was quite the revelation. Teach, I thought but, teachers were supposed to know everything, but we're not gonna we're not gonna worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, uh, but I would say a fun bucket list slash goal, and we talk about this quite a bit, is to be able to play a round of golf, either nine holes or eighteen holes, under par. Oh yeah. I don't know if that will ever happen, but that's what's, a, what's the closest you've gotten? I don't know if I could give you an answer with a if, from like a mulligan free round the close okay i do remember this summer i played and it's a pretty short course a couple a lot of par threes so that helped but i believe i shot nine or ten over par so it was, i was averaging a, averaging a bogey yeah bogey and i think golf. i had maybe one or two where my buddy wasn't looking and i kind of i whiffed at the ball so i like <laughs> grabbed the ball and said all right i'm going for it so um probably not an honest 10 over par nine or ten over par but um yeah that's probably the closest so that's probably a little like a fun goal I think ultimately when I think about like life goals or like when I kick the bucket, like what do I want to have accomplished or have said about me thinking about like legacy um, or like last year, a living testimony, right? I want to be remembered as 
a husband and a father that led his family down a path that was honoring to God, like living a life that was honor, like doing the mission that Christ sent his disciples, his followers on in the New Testament, like to go out, make disciples, to love your neighbor, to love those in the margins, right? To, to love those and serve those that are less fortunate. I ultimately, I really like, that's a life goal of mine. I want to be remembered for that. Not in like a selfish way and just like a, like an influential way. Like I want people to reflect on my life and be like, oh yeah, like Evan Dealman, like he, he loved like Jesus loved. And I know that that will never be a perfect, that will, I will never be able to perfectly do that, but doesn't mean I shouldn't try. So yeah, I'd say that's a, that's a, probably not a, your typical like bucket list item, <laughs> but probably a little deeper than you would expect. But, um, that's a, that's definitely a life goal that's been on my mind recently since I got married this summer and, uh, kind of began my family. So it's, it's an, it's a very big <laughs> lofty thing that, yeah, we'll just see how it goes. Let's end with this. If you could leave, uh, let's say like, if you could leave a message to either high school students or anybody who's listening, if you could, if you could leave one message, what, what would you say? You know, I think this is like a message I will, I hope my students always feel when I leave, when they leave after a semester and or just in general when they leave my class but like this I just I I pray that my students feel their worth and like I, I pray that they feel like they have this incredible unique value not only in my eyes but in God's eyes and I, I know I've, I've said that before but we're living in a world right now where things are I guess you could say chippy you know you know there's a lot there's a lot of high tensions and I just, I just want people to understand that regardless of what you're going through, regardless of who you are, right? Who you are as a person, regardless of it, it, you are, <clears throat> you are valuable to me. You're valuable to God. That's the most, most important thing, but you bring a very unique presence to my classroom, to this school, to this community, to your family, to the country, to the world, right? And you can, you can get bigger and bigger and bigger, but I feel like that's kind of what I always like. I don't know. I just hope people can hear that at least, even if I don't directly say that, like, I hope that like, oh, like my interaction with Dealman, like I felt value. Like I felt worthy. Like I didn't feel like he was talking down to me. I didn't feel like he was uh, looking at my, 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 my question I had in class and saying, wow, like why would they ask that question? Or I don't know. Yeah. I, see, I'm getting in my rant now, <laughs> but yeah, that, that value, that worthiness that God sees in us that I know a lot of us don't recognize. So I, I hope the, the listeners out there, if any students hear this, they know they've got a big fan over here in Mr. Dealman. If you, if you know me, if I know you, I'm, I'm one of your biggest fans. So I hope that you feel that. I hope you know that. Um, and if you don't know that, let me know and I'll work on that. Which I think, I know I'm biased for you because I think you're one of, I'm, you're one of my favorite teachers. I'll, I'll go, ahead, go ahead and say that. Thanks, really, I think. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. But I think you do a really good job about that. And I've talked with, I've talked with a bunch of my buddies who, who have had you in a class. And I think they really stress that you make sure everyone is included and make sure everyone, everyone's needs are met and that you make sure that even if it's the stupidest question, which I've asked plenty of stupid <laughs> questions, but um, make sure that they've been answered fully and that yeah that you're in their corner and that you're there to support them so I think you do a really good job at that I appreciate that that truly means a lot that's those are those are things that I, I really cherish and hang on to so I hope you know those words have a lot of weight for me so appreciate that thanks dearlings
I think that's all the questions that we've got time for. I appreciate you being on. Hey, I appreciate you asking me. It meant a lot. I, I was a little surprised. I didn't know I'd ever get on this. this <laughs> so um, hey, there you go. Yeah. Thanks for chatting. Yeah. Uh, thank you um, for the listeners who have made it this far. You are a champion. You have not gotten bored yet by my voice, so I appreciate it. And um, make sure to tune in next week for the new episode of HCE Medium Talk Podcast. You're a natural, Gearlings. Oh, You'd be great. Thank you. I <laughs> Nobody will get bored of you. <laughs> I don't know. Some people do. <laughs> uh, no, I don't believe it. <laughs> Have a great day, everyone, and thank you for listening.